And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Emily Morley, who during her near-death experience was accompanied by her boyfriend, who also left his body at the same time. Emily, thank you for joining me and welcome. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you very much for inviting me, Jeff. Emily, if you don't mind, let's start on the day that all this happened and go from there. Okay. Um, so it was just a, a really normal day. At the time, I was um, a commercial interior designer. Um, I didn't at the time believe in life after death or the continuation of consciousness. Um, and I gradually throughout the day decided to feel quite poorly and so I got worse and worse and worse as the day went on. And then I don't know whether I ate something, but it became, I became very uncomfortable. And then um, I could, I could slightly all of a sudden start to feel myself um, slipping away. Um, and I felt like I was, I was going to die. Um, and I, as I got really quite ill very, very, very quickly, but um, I recognized the feeling because I'd had um an emergency cesarean when I'd had a, a little girl and the, I had the same feeling just before the doctors went into panic and 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 the heartbeat of my child had decided to slow down my heartbeat was slowing down and I could feel the same feeling that um, um there was something happening and I couldn't fight it um and then I was rushed into um the theater for an emergency cesarean for, for my child and I was um, my partner at the time, my boyfriend at the time, was told that there might there may be a chance I wouldn't make it. So I rem- I remembered that feeling, and I had that same feeling. But I thought, okay, um, we'll be okay. I was feeling a bit too ill to to go to the hospital, and I went to bed in the hope that maybe in twenty four hours it, it would all ease and I'd be okay. And um, so you should always listen to your intuition. Um, so I was in bed. I felt really ill. Um, my my boyfriend had fallen asleep. I'd been quite violently sick by this point. And, and as I was in bed feeling really very ill, um, I remember my boyfriend giving me a cuddle. And then I, and then very slowly, very, very slowly, I, I, I came up off the bed and I started raising up off the bed. I was still horizontal. Um, but my partner also was still cuddling me and he also came up off the bed with me and we both started to slowly rotate and we rotated very very slowly um up to the ceiling and while we were rotating he said things to me um, and he'd spoken a way that he'd never spoke to me before but he told me that I was loved um that we were how much in love we were and how how fantastic everything was and and the the illness had gone the illness had completely gone and I started to feel um really um, amazing I felt like the best I'd ever felt in, in my whole life and um it was this intense feeling of love and a love I, that I can't really describe very well really in, in, norm, in our normal way of speaking <laughs> there's no real words for that and so I started to to feel amazing my husband my partner was saying telling me how much he loved me um and then he started to tell me that I that I was love and I'd never heard him ever speak like that before no one had ever called me love before so I thought 
why is he speaking in this way? This is really quite, quite weird. But because I was feeling so amazing and I was in this intense cocoon of love, I thought, well, I, I didn't need to question it. But at the same time as feeling this, um, I started to have an extreme clarity as well, um, as if I understood the reason for it, for existence and um, what everything was about. I understood everything. I, and I felt real love. I was being told that I was love and um and then, and then we carried on rotating up to the up to the ceiling and then I remember the, hitting the ceiling with my face and I felt it and I could remember seeing the, the coven at the top of the ceiling and thinking oh this is really unusual still feeling great feeling like I understood understood the whole reason for existence and um and then and then gradually then Instead of, I didn't see the tunnel that a lot of people see, and I didn't see any deceased relatives. I just understood everything um, and felt immense love and didn't feel ill in the slightest, felt the best I'd ever felt. And it, in some ways, it was more awake than awake. I was really, everything was awake. And um, and I'd say now that the the feeling, once I came back into my body, it was more like being asleep once I'd got into my body and I was much more awake once I'd come out of it. So, but gradually I then came back down into my body with, with my boyfriend and we both went back down and then I ended up back in my body and then the, the illness came straight back. Um, and I felt really, really, really terrible again. Um, and then I, I must have gone to sleep. And when I woke up in the, in the morning, everything was very surreal. I, I was a little bit shaky. I still wasn't quite right. But, um, and I spoke to my partner about it and he said, oh, he couldn't remember. He couldn't remember the experience. <laughs> um, and then he said, oh, well, it must have been a hallucination because you were so poorly. That's, and I, but I knew it wasn't a hallucination. And then I knew something, it was what I felt like it was the best night of my whole life. I'd never had anything, I'd never felt anything, I, could, I couldn't compare it to anything. But it was also the worst night of my whole life because I'd been so ill and felt so terrible. And now I was in a, a place where I couldn't talk to my partner about it because I could see that he was not going to believe this because I, before this experience happened to me, I was... I wouldn't say I was a complete skeptic, but I just didn't really give it any thought. I didn't give any kind of spiritual experiences any thought. I didn't really know much about them. I'd not looked into near-death experiences. I so I I didn't know what, what happened in them. And um it was a, a brand new, it's all new to me. Nothing like this had ever happened to me before. And I was a yeah, a slight skeptic. So it was very unusual. And and I didn't really have anybody to talk to. And I think this happens to a lot of us that when we go through these experiences, there, there isn't really anybody to talk to. And um, everybody thinks that you're hallucinating, but you really know that you're not. Um, and then after that, Jeff, my slowly, um, my, the whole, my whole view of life changed. Everything that I thought I believed in started to shake slightly. I didn't really believe in those things anymore. I started to look at life in a different way. I felt like I shouldn't, I changed my job. I, everything transformed. My my whole outlook transformed. My belief systems changed. Um, 
and I yeah, quit my job and then slowly I, I volunteered for a climate change group for a while because I, I felt like I needed to do something worthwhile I still didn't fully understand and it, it wasn't really until the the lockdowns happened that I had more time to think about the experience and and I think again a lot of us I would really love to have a little bit of that experience again, but don't know how to get there. I would rather get there without nearly dying. And so how how can we have that again? I think so I started looking into how how could I go there again without dying? And um that's when I thought maybe I'd had an out-of-body experience. And as I started talking to the out-of-body community, they said, Oh, it doesn't sound like a typical out-of-body experience. This sounds more like a near-death experience. And that's when I started to look into into those experiences, into the near-death experience a lot more. And I was really lucky, but actually because of my skepticism, I still would only believe, um, I would only believe the experiences of scientists or doctors that had gone through this themselves, because I was still like, oh, I know, I don't know about this. And met a really lovely Italian lady doctor who took me through her near-death experience and then and she became um, a great support system for me to to then do a deep dive into the near-death experience and, and get to understand it and realize what had happened and and then and then, then come to terms with it and that, that took me maybe five years to to come to terms with it but um it's yeah completely changed everything everything for me um once I really throw myself into it and learn an awful lot about the near-death experiences and start to look at the science of near-death experiences then I um really changed my path my life path quite dramatically and started to apply to go back to university to try to get a um a master's degree in science to see whether I could study the science of near-death experiences and that took me to transpersonal psychology <laughs> which is where I am now. I'm just about to finish my master's degree um, in transpersonal psychology. So it's a big jump from, I was a commercial designer for 20 years now to finishing my transpersonal psychology master's degree. It's been a big change, Jeff. <laughs> Emily, thank you for sharing your experience. And it's great that we have another person studying near-death experiences, especially on an academic level. Oh, yeah, I just think the more we can get some kind of science behind it from people that have had the experience themselves, especially um, because we know what to look for. We know what there's the phenomenon involves and um, and we, the more people that can take it seriously, I think the better for all of us, because um, I've read about so many experiences now where people are in the hospital and maybe they just had they maybe just had a cardiac arrest. They've had a near death experience and. And they've sometimes you're really lucky to have um, nurses around that hear this a lot, and so they do get some support. But sometimes people don't get any support, and it can be a bit of a struggle for people that have had a near death experience in a hospital environment, environment, and then haven't had any support to um, help them through it. Because if you if you can get the right support at the beginning, then then it can all go swimmingly well, and you can then get relief from death anxiety and you can become more compassionate and it comes with all sorts of um 
some great great things if you can learn to accept that you've had the experience and you've got some some great support and if you haven't I think it can be really difficult for some people you know in the beginning you were a skeptic what was it that changed you from a skeptic to a knower and that's you've used the word um it's knowing it's once you've had the experience and you know that it exists and and when and the experience is so vastly different to our everyday life that um, I I'd never had anything before and I because I felt it I lived through the experience and um, you can't deny it after after that again yeah. and then I, I also came and uh, quite a few people that I've talked to come back with um, some kind of, of gift I think and and I come back with being able to pick up um, elements of truth when people are, are talking so um, I can really feel it from people when I hear the, their near-death experiences or their spiritual experiences too um, you can hear I can hear the grains of truth which sometimes unfortunately can make me cry and that, that can be you know, that sometimes that's not always great but they, I just call them tears of truth um, and they come down when I'm hearing sort of truth about people's experiences. I try not to do that too much when I'm doing my research, though. <laughs> Is this truth just limited to spiritual experiences, or do you know truth in all matters of conversation? No, unfortunately. It just seems to be anything related to spiritual experiences, which is maybe a good thing. <laughs> you spoke about love earlier, and... It's difficult to describe, but can you try to describe how the love you felt on the other side is different from earthly love? When I came away from the experience, I found myself using um, words I'd never used before. Um, one of those words was um, the word um, the source, which I think some people use the word God. And I found that I used the word source because because my experience wasn't a spirit. Well, it, it wasn't religious. It was definitely spiritual. It wasn't religious, and so I tend to think of um, as, of God as being a source of um, of energy. Now, so the the love c came from this big source of of energy. So it's a it's a whole encompassing. It's um, it fills up your whole body. So our experience of love, or my experience of love, it might be different for other people. Um, it it feels like say if you've got a, a scale of of one to a hundred then you've got one to a, you've got a hundred going on when you come out of your body and you're in the near-death experience but maybe our version of that is uh, maybe um, a 10 or a, maybe a 12 it's really quite small compared to this huge fast love and um, which it, it's, it's something that fills up your whole all of your cells it's every bit of your body it's it's all of it is surround you. So it's very different to the, oh, I, you know, I'm feeling love for, for, for my boyfriend or my child or, or for the, the, the cute little dog or the cat. But then you've got some, you've got some love there, but it's, um, it's, it's a very small feeling compared to the, the near death experience love. It's so difficult to describe, Jeff. I don't think any words would ever do it justice. Since you're talking about source, do you think that God or source is a part of us or we are an extension of God or source? Um, I, I think that we're an extension of that at some point we'll go back to um, as we'll, and I, 
but it's um it's quite a difficult subject really to talk about but I do think that maybe we have um we're obviously we're us and we're having this experience and I think quite a lot of people might worry that they lose themselves when they come out of their body or and I know sometimes I think when you talk about the ego and things like that that maybe when you leave your body you lose that but what I found personally is that I was still definitely myself I didn't lose myself I was still I was still me but a, a bigger um much bigger so I've definitely felt connected and with the whole understanding of everything that there was a connection to to everything that once you left your body uh, again I I can't describe it properly and I think I don't know whether we're meant to know everything while we're here having our earth experience and I think maybe if we I don't know if our brains could compute it but it's um I think, yeah, I think we're part of source and we come and have this experience and at some point we go back. I don't think there is a, a death as such. I think we don't ever die. Did you just hear your boyfriend or saw him as well? I saw him. I saw him. I He was here. He was, hold, he was holding me. He was holding my face and he was cuddling me and, and then he was holding me and he was very, very... in very in my in my face telling me how much I was loved um and I wonder now as well whether that was to also create a slight barrier I wonder now whether it was to stop me from looking around too much at what else was going on um I do think that quite often our, in, our near-death experiences are, are sort of catered for their they're made so that we can cope with them. That we're given what we we need at the time and what we can cope with. And I think I, my father had died when I was about eight years old. And I think if I had seen him instead of seeing my instead of being with my boyfriend, then I think I may have freaked out. I may have been just like because of this slight skepticism. Then if I had seen him, which would have been fantastic. And now I think that would be great, but. At the time, I definitely was not ready for that. So I was given what I was ready for and what I could cope with to be able to probably maybe change my path a little bit and get back on to maybe where I should be. But yes, I, I saw him. Um, I, I could feel him. And um, yeah, he was most definitely there, but he was slightly different. He, the way he talked to me was slightly different. Um, and that's given me an awful lot of him. Um, questions that I feel like I need answers for why did he use those terms why did he say I was love and um, are we all love and I think we probably are all all elements of love and maybe that is what the source is a, a big element of love and we're all that what did he but look like he looked exactly the same exactly I mean, the same he didn't look like transparent like a ghost or energy or anything no he looked completely the same <laughs> completely and utterly exactly the same and I felt like I still was me um but when I think of the rotation act our legs must have there's a wall behind my head so our legs must have gone through the if that was the case our legs must have gone through the wall <laughs> and then but and so it's quite strange that I could then feel the ceiling because our legs must have gone through the wall but I think again being a slight skeptic and you know if I see a ceiling come in, I really should be hitting it, even though I was doing something very unusual, which was rotating up to the ceiling very slowly. 
I think you mentioned that the sound of his voice was different. Yeah, the the his it was still his voice, but it was the um, the way he was speaking. It was the way he was speaking was very different to normal. Um, he really doesn't speak like that normally. Um, it was very, 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 very loving. Um, really compassionate, caring. Not that he isn't a compassionate, caring person, but um, it was much, much more, which had has left me to think sometimes and was it a him or did it did an entity take his form because that he knew they they knew that that would be the the best way for me to be able to cope with the experience it's a good question when you were speaking was it telepathic no it wasn't well not that i can remember it was um i've it was him very, like I say, he was holding my face. He was very close, and we—I felt like we were still speaking to each other normally. But it was the the whole, the it was the feelings that came with that were very intense. Um, so it was the feeling around it, but his he the way he looked, everything, it, it, everything was still him. But apart from the his the way he was speaking was was definitely different. Still his voice, but he was saying things he would never normally say. Now, you also mentioned that you knew the reason of existence. <laughs> Do you still remember that reason? No, but it was an all-knowing. It was, um, it came with an all, I just knew that I knew everything. But now I can't remember what that is. And, you know, obviously once I dropped back into my body, there must have been some Something like, oh, she can't go on with all of this information because that's just going to blow her mind when she wakes up in the morning. But um, no, I just knew that I knew. It was a very unusual feeling. Do you think that once you got on the other side, it's like you plugged back into the system and then you knew everything, including why you're even there on the other side for that point in time? Or were you at a point where you conf confused and like, where am I? Am I dead, or what's going on? No, it's very surprising, Jeff. There was I was I didn't feel really any confusion, just complete clarity, um, happiness, and I think that's maybe why people use the use terms like going home, um, because I was just very relaxed, very like this is fantastic. I feel great, um, just and because I've been feeling so ill, but. Yeah, I just felt great. And I think it's that, that the going home feeling, the connecting up again with everything. And, and then everything, yeah, just everything just felt like it was, I completely knew why I was there. And, and I was very happy to be there. There was no, there was no panic. There's nothing. I know some people sometimes say they feel uncomfortable when they go back into their bodies. I didn't feel uncomfortable until the illness. Um, I felt the illness again. So it was a gradual coming out of my body feeling fantastic going back into my body and then the illness coming back but it was it, this what's the biggest thing after the experience was the complete transformation that it's had for me as a person for the rest my, my yeah my whole outlook has changed do you think even though your boyfriend was there with you you still kind of forgot about this life on earth yeah com completely i think you're you're so and I think it happens again to a lot of us that we're so happy actually we feel so great so great to be out of your body that um 
I didn't, I, I think maybe if my experience had been longer, because maybe if I had gone through a tunnel or gone through the ceiling, that maybe it might have got to a point where I thought, oh, you know, I do really need, would like to come back for my child. And I'm pretty sure I would have got to that point. But I, I don't know if I had long enough within the experience. I just, um, I just really loved being there for that, for that amount of time. Um, I didn't feel like I needed to come back. I was, I was quite happy having that experience and being there. And I wish, you know, and I think, again, that's why a lot of us have to call in to try to recreate that experience, but without the death. Can you talk a little more about being more awake than awake and about how that reality is compared to our current reality right now? I'll, I'll try, Jeff. <laughs> it's, um, um, so I do, I think when I came back into my body in the next the next day and since then that I've found myself describing our normal human existence and a, a normal way of thinking has been slightly cloudy so it's a little bit like walking through um, a thick fog of a thick brain fog compared to when you're out of your body where everything's extremely clear and 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 there's the all-knowing but so I, I do feel like our normal everyday existence is really quite cloudy. And I, another way of describing it is to, um, the wearing of the veil. You know, you, you come back again, you put the veil back on and it's slightly, a, slight, a slightly cloudy feeling compared to when you're out of your body and everything is um, full of clarity. I think that's about all I can say about it, Jeff. <laughs> that's fine. I'm trying to put it in terms like this. On normal days here on Earth, we're relatively clear. And then let's say you have a couple beers or a glass of wine. Then you're a little buzzy, a little, you know, you're a little cloudy thinking. So you have that difference. Is the other side like even more clear than here? And being here is like that fuzzy feeling? Yes. That's a great way to describe it. Um, yes, maybe it's like having having the beers, but without having the beers. So yeah, you're a little bit you, you're not you're not on top form. You're you're still there. You can still have a bit of a chat when you've had too many to drink. But um, I'd say yeah, that's quite a, a good way to describe it. That it's it's as if your brain's had um, a great big wash and it's so clean and it's so clear. And, and everything makes sense. Then you come back and it gets, yeah, it gets a little bit cloudy again and maybe a little bit like having been a slightly drunk but without any alcohol. Maybe your brain is like a filter and it kind of slows things down and you can't know everything here. It limits you. Yeah, I think that's it. And if we all knew everything, then what, what experience would we be having? You know, we've all got to got to learn and have our, have our lessons while we're here. And so we progress. but. Yeah, if we knew everything, what, what's the point in coming? <laughs> right. What were your spiritual beliefs like before? And then how have they changed? Uh, yeah, so I wasn't really greatly um, spiritual before. I had read um, maybe 15 years before the experience, I'd read um, the Tibetan book of Living and Dying, which I, and I did think there was definitely something to that. And, and as Westerners, we'd lost something. Um, but I didn't dive into it as much as maybe I should have done. And that was as far as I got. So once I had the experience, I was like, ah, oh, now I know what the, I know what the, the book of, um, it's a book of living and dying. I, I understand it now. 
but that was as far as I got. And I, I really wasn't, I wasn't meditating. I wasn't, didn't have any kind of spiritual practice. Whereas now I do have, I do meditate. I do have spiritual practices and, and I do the, I'm studying transpersonal psychology. So it's, and that's quite off. That's really the science of spiritual experiences. So I'm, I've done a complete, um, 360 with that with that my whole outlook now and spiritual ideas again I'm not massively religious um I, I'm not religious I'm but I'm definitely spiritual maybe if I had had an, a religious experience maybe I that's I, I probably would be religious but um I think again those experiences are, are quite often based on our deep belief belief systems what do you think inspires you about your experience love it's love um i think it's that in that amazing feeling of love and um, being told that i that i was love which then makes me think oh we must all be love and um so that th the answer is is love and everybody says this a lot of people say it the old oh, answer is love which is it's a difficult concept i think for us to get our heads around but um that sort of inspires me love and compassion um that my my at the moment my my master's in science degree is focusing on research with the new-death experiences um and also looking more into people that have had the same experience as me but quite often the, the person that they were with does remember the experience and so it's inspired me completely to to do a deep dive and see what can we learn about consciousness from these experiences i think quite often because when a person sees a living person rather than a deceased person in their near-death experience, they can come out of this with a different understanding of consciousness. Because um, what does it mean if you see a living person? And where because that means does that mean the person's in two places at once? Does that mean our consciousness is multidimensional? What does that mean? Which can instead of having the idea that we're having an experience, then we die and then we come out of our bodies and um and our, our soul goes elsewhere and maybe we've got the, the two something something else is going on here that maybe we need to dive into a little bit more and it looks like that if we can talk to more people and do more research with people that have seen living people where both people have remembered this experience and um, it might open some some doors for us with our consciousness understanding what is your working definition of consciousness at this time? Oh, so I would say I would say consciousness is 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 part of is the soul really. That's how I see. It. I see it as the soul as um a never ending energy. The consciousness is everywhere. Um, there was I think it's Max Planck who described um he I think he described every atom as having consciousness. I hope I'm not wrong, but if every atom is consciousness, and maybe everything, if everything is made, everything's made from atoms, everything is in some way on some kind of level conscious. So which that opens up lots of questions. How does the academic world react to you studying near-death experiences? Oh, that's a great question. Um I'm very lucky to be studying um transpersonal psychology but within transpersonal psychology comes the study of consciousness and the study of spirituality so I'm very lucky to be surrounded by um 
professors and academics who who are belief who have a strong belief system in spirituality and transcendent experiences. But I think maybe if I was doing everyday psychology, then this much would be so so much harder for me. But um, I'm yeah, I'm very lucky to get support from some great tutors that I've had um similar experiences not necessarily near-death experiences but maybe experiences via a meditation or or being out in nature sometimes that can trigger spiritual experiences as well but I have to be very very careful Jeff of um even when I'm looking for participants and um, in the language that I use um to make sure that I'm not I'm not using that I'm being as scientific as possible, really, um, that I'm doing this in a way that can be measured as much as it can be. Um, but also I'm doing something where I'm looking at the phenomenon of the experience. So what is the essence? What happens to people once they've had a near-death experience and how it transforms them? So it's sometimes it's not even a case at, at this point now, is the experience real or isn't it real? It's more how has this ex experience um, affected you? How has it positively affected you? And um, what's your outlook now on life? But I'm most definitely also interested in, in consciousness and delving much further into trying to understand what consciousness is. You mentioned that you're doing research and I think you're looking for research subjects. Um, yes. Would you like to let people know yeah. what you're looking for? Oh, yes, please. Thank you. Um, so... I'm in the middle of doing some research, which is all about um, meeting or encountering living individuals during a near-death experience. So if there's anybody here watching that's had this type of experience, please, please contact me. Um, I've interviewed um, six people so far. I'm just looking for another three. Um, and they've been absolutely incredible. There was people that that have seen living people on, on the other side and it has changed their outlook on life quite quite dramatically and also there's um quite a lot of though from one one individual there was an awful lot of forgiveness because once they'd seen the other living person out of their body um they understood maybe why that person had acted the way that they had because while they were they were out of their bodies and chatting they were like oh this is why you treated me the way you did because you needed to have this experience and I understand now so once he was back in his body then he he had complete forgiveness for whatever had happened to him in the past um and there's also been experiences where um, technology has been used which has been fascinating fascinating where messages have been passed on from the, the NDE to the living person and there's also another experience where there was um, a child who saw its mother both of them were living but the child was nearly drowning and the mother managed to give instructions to the child of how to get out of the water while they were drowning um so it's been really fascinating but i'm looking for three more participants if anybody is listening and would would like to join please do contact me you can find me via the um you can find me on Facebook via the death the, the death myth. Um, you can also, hopefully, I'll just give you some contact details, Jeff. Mm -hmm. But yeah, please come forward. You'll be more than welcome. <laughs> we can have a nice a nice chat about your experience. 
Emily, when people see a living person on the other side that's not physically close to them, like you did, do you think that then they're encountering their higher self or possibly their complete self? Yeah, I think that's a great question, Jeff. I do wonder, I've asked that question to myself quite a few times. Um whether I saw my boyfriend's higher self, I thought, did was that his higher self? Because he was so, so loving and so compassionate. Was that his higher self? Um, and was had I moved out of my body into my higher self? Is that, is that I don't know, I don't know, but this is one of the questions that I'd love to dive into more. But it does seem like when I spoke to people, it seems like there is a higher self that's that's doing something out out there that then is trying to help you while you're having your earth, earth, earthly experience get get through your day get through your day and learn whatever you need to do while you're here i think that it looks like the that there possibly is that going on and that's what i'd like to research a lot more do you think that then we are completely on the other side and somehow we're just projecting a little bit of ourselves into this realm or something? I do wonder if that's the case because when I came out of my body, I felt so much more me, so much more clear. And when I'm back this way again, back into my body, I feel a, a, a little, a, a much more smaller percentage of what I felt when I was out of my body. So that maybe could be the case, yes, that we're... We're just um, a snippet of of what we are when we're out of our body, being our connected to our higher selves, or actually our higher selves, and we're just a, a small part of that. Um, having a having an earthly experience. Hmm. It's fascinating, isn't it? It <laughs> is. It is, and and it's you know, unfortunately, all we're doing is kind of theorizing. Exactly. I, I mean, it's a little easier for you because at least you've had experience. Yeah, I think I would would have found it extremely difficult to get my head around the concept if I had not come out of my body. I think I don't think I would have grasped it at all. Um, I to even think that there is something outside of us. Um, I would I, I wouldn't want to use the word ma- manipulating the experience because I don't think that's really right. But that it would have made no sense to me unless I'd had the experience. So I'm aware that. I, I do have to be careful with the, the terms that I'm using. So hopefully I, I still make some kind of sense. Do you think that you changed your profession because you were just obsessed with what happened to you and you had to find out what happened? Or- yeah, <laughs> in some way, <laughs> in some way, yes, because um, because it was like nothing else I'd ever experienced. And because a lot of us want to go back there, but like I say, but without the, the dying, then then there is a why, why, why has this happened? What what was the reason for this? What is some somebody trying to tell me something? Do I have to change my path? What what is it about? And what what how can these experiences help people? Is was there something I meant to be doing to help people? And I think a lot of us again come out of this experience wanting to help people. And that has definitely been one of the things that I've found is that I really would like to help people with, with death anxiety. Um, can we make it so it's less scary for them? Because that was one thing that the lockdown did. And with COVID, I noticed how terrified everybody was of death. 
And I think some people are so scared of talking about death and and it's not like talking about death is contagious. It's not like you're going to talk about it and then you'll die. It's, it's, it's good to talk about death. It's good for us to discuss it. Um, it's good for us to be prepared and it's good for us to not be scared. And I think if we, if us near death experiences can get the message out there that we don't need to be scared, that that can truly help people to live then people can live more because I'm, I'm, I definitely was scared of death before it happened to me. I definitely um, was slightly in fear because I thought there was nothing, nothing was going to happen after death that I die. And then that would be it. That would be everything. It's like, well, what, what it just, why it just seemed completely crazy that we'd be here doing all of this for no, for, for apparently no reason. <laughs> it, it's just completely random. So it's, it makes much more sense to me now that this is this is why we're here and enjoy the experience don't be scared um try to reduce the fear try to enjoy your life try to make the most of it try to try to love try to um try not it's that easy to say try try not to worry but i think listening to the stories of near-death experiences hopefully should help people to to reduce their their fear of death and enjoy life after watching this podcast people may just want to reach out to you and ask you questions are you up for that uh, yeah that would be great if i can help in any way i would love to um i am i've got a, a page on the ko-fi which i'll give you a link to where you can support my work or whether you can also book a one-to-one a -one session if you'd like to chat to me um or there's also group sessions where people can chat to other people who've had no death experiences in a group setting if um if that's easier for you um and there's newsletters but there's also um there's also just the the death myth Facebook where I talk about the science of near death experiences quite a lot. So I found that quite often that's a bit easier for people to swallow is if there's a science section behind it, so they can look at it and feel like okay, I'm I'm okay with this. It's got some science in there, so it's it's fine. <laughs> but yeah, I'd love to speak to anybody that. That needs any help. What advice would you give somebody who is suffering from death anxiety? I would say listen to as many um, near-death experiences as you can. There's a great website actually um, called um, the Near-Death Experience Research Foundation, who and that's set up by a scientist, and it's got something like five thousand cases on there that you can look into. I'd also Jeff, say so just look through all of your channel, listen to the experiences that people have had there. And um, the more you listen to them, the end, and also yeah, talk to people on Facebook groups, you know, talk to other people that have had these experiences. Um, there's an awful lot of, of um posts on there where people do ask questions and and they tend to feel better by the time they've spoken to a few near-death experiences that it, it's not quite as, as scary. It's not as scary as you think it is. Everything's everything's going to be okay. Have you figured out how to have an NDE without the suffering? Okay, so I think the closest way we can get to that can be via a meditation. Um, really, just go in, go in slowly. Learn, build up, build up, and you know, could start five minutes a day. Just really. It's a great thing to do anyway, even if you don't want to try to have the, an out-of-body experience, then meditation is great. 
Um, I'd also recommend having a look at the Monroe Institute who help people with um, with out-of-body experiences. They teach people how to have an out-of-body experience. So if you can if you can get to that level, which also really uses um, quite a lot of meditation, calming techniques and, and relaxing music, then that's a great way without having to die of, um, of getting close to those experiences. I, I definitely would recommend having a look at them on Row Institute and, and meditation. Have you done their program? I haven't, <laughs> but I'm following them and I talk to um, a lot of people who within the, the Facebook group on the, Mon- and the Monroe Institute. And it's, uh, it's so fascinating. It's great. And it's got so much to teach people on there. Um, I do meditate and I do find that does help me connect a little bit more. Um, if I can be as present as possible, I found that I can ask questions. And if I remain silent, I quite often get the answers that I need. I think meditation is is fantastic. And once you start meditating, then maybe it'll be it'll be easier for you to maybe get an out-of-body experience. I think these experiences are are really great for us all to have a go at. Again, because it will help reduce the fear of death. Emily, before we finish up, can you leave us with one last positive message? Well, I think I was told that the answer is love. Try to see everything from as much as you can everybody's here having their own experience everybody's here trying to do their best really um try to look at everything from a point of view of love if you can so not so not always so easy um but set back Med- meditate's also great meditation is fantastic set back take a deep breath try to to view everything from a position of love if possible emily thank you for that message and thank you for being my guest Thank you so much for having me on here today. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.